And I can tell you really welcome them. Amen. They make a pretty good fixture here. While I'm here, maybe I'll just put a little heat on them. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I marvel how that, you know, there were men that were, liver, they were out in the desert for 40 years. And then God started their ministry. <laughs> you know, we look at age and think, well, they're starting to age out. I don't know that I receive that or believe that. Praise God. There's two, two settings of Scripture that I would like to share and uh, speak from. I want to talk about the will of God. Do you want the will of God for your life? You know, Jesus prayed in the garden, as it were, great drops of blood, bringing him to the place of not my will, but thine be done. That was the vessel of humanity saying, I've got to receive the cup. I can't let the cup pass from me, even though he had inquired, because that's what humanity does. I don't want to suffer, yet suffering is a process of perfection. In God's kingdom. Truly we ought to place ourselves in his hands. In saying. Not my will. But thine be done. Oftentimes when we are faced in the valley of decision. We have to come to that place. This is what I'm leaning this way. I want this. It sounds good. It even feels good. But in the end, lo and behold, all right, when all the dust is settled, I don't want my way. I want your way. I have prayed the prayer. If this is not a door that you, will, you don't want me to walk through, Shut it. Close that door. You know, one time that happened to me three times in the same year. He closed it every time. It was an employment door. I was trying to escape prison. I mean, it was a job, but sure felt like prison to me. Armed guards and all. And I wanted out. That was probably five or six years into this, the sentence. Do you know it would be another six or seven years before God opened the door and there was a way of escape? Hallelujah. But I think we all would express, I want the will of God. I did have a friend at one time that he was constantly saying, I just want to know the will of God. And I'm thinking, well, you're blood-bought. You're regenerated with the baptism of the 
Holy Ghost, you know, it, the Lord has been leading you. Why are you questioning so much whether or not you're in the will of God? And there was an, a seemingly endless frustration of, I just want to know the will of God. Rather than relaxing and walking in the peace of God that passes all understanding. Have you ever felt no peace? You ever bumped up against something that had everything but peace? Push back, push back, push back. That's not a good feeling. And, oft, and that's, that's very typical of opposing God's will. I didn't mean to go this far yet. I wanted to deal with something else. But I think we'll stay here for just a minute more. He is not willing that any perish. That's for certain. But that all would come to repentance. It is the will of God that all come to repentance. That's not changing. It's highly unlikely that the Lord would say at some point, Oh, change my mind. He has stated, it's my will that all be saved. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I went to the cross in your darkest hour. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We know the will of God is to save humanity. Okay, so this, this is a good segue. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 at verse 6. Acts chapter 1 at verse 6. When they were therefore come together, when they therefore were, I did it right, come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Rome had it. He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But you shall receive power after, not before, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in every church service. In every Bible study. In your house. Okay, when you're with your family. Okay, only on Sundays. While everybody is worshiping together. No, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. 
the ministry of reconciliation that God has given to you is not to reconcile the saints to their seats. It's not something that is operative during church services normally. It's not operative during the fellowship of the believers. The ministry of reconciliation that has been given to you as a believer is for the field. It's for the field. Look upon the fields, for they are white unto harvest. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers who have the ministry of reconciliation, who have the power of the Holy Ghost upon them to be witnesses unto me in the field. Now here lies a shepherd. A shepherd of sheep. A shepherd of a fold. A shepherd of actually a flock, the scripture uses. That's the assembly of believers. Jesus told other shepherds, feed my sheep. That's the primary role of the shepherd. Not entirely. Primarily. We being the sheep. We being those who are ministered to. We are encouraged. We are edified. We are empowered. Are to go out into the field. Fifteen of my opportunities to witness this week. Well, one of them's right now. But 14 of them are out there. Praise, are you with me? You, this is the gospel. This is the word of God. This is the truth. Souls who have got to hear the message of redemption. I know the message of redemption. It's wrapped up in the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And Peter on, in Acts chapter 2 told us how to apply that. And then again in Romans, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. We also should walk in newness of life. Bible quiz teacher, how was that? Pretty good? It's one of my only, sorry. We have the witness of the Holy Ghost. If I have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when I read in the book, it shares that there was always an evidence. People begin to speak with other tongues when they received the Holy Ghost from Acts 2 to Acts 8 to Acts 10, 19, 22, and through because the church was born there. I got to tell you a little side story. I picked up a lady. She works at, uh, in a ride chair to go to Safeway where she was working. And I handed her my card. And she says, oh, you're in the ministry. She says, I'm in the ministry. Oh, yes, I attend such and such church. Hundreds of young people. She said, matter of fact, I just did an internship. 
Really? Tell me what that is. Well, we stayed on campus. How long? Six months. Serious. How many were involved in this internship? Oh, there were seven, eight of us. I see. And what kind of things did you do? Well, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did that. Wow. That's wonderful. So tell me, if you and I are acquainted, and I told you, look, I, I want to turn my heart to God, what would you tell me? Well, first of all, I'd ask you why you want to turn your heart to God. Well, so I'm under conviction, and I feel like the, the life I've been living I, I shouldn't live that life anymore. I want to turn to God and surrender my life to him. How, well, how would you instruct me? Well, since you have the Holy Ghost because you feel conviction. Wait. Do you think everybody has the Holy Ghost? Yeah. It just has to be activated. Now, I'm listening really close. I've never asked any of my rides this question before. I probably will ask some more after this. Because I'm wanting to know where people are at. I attend this mega church. I am now a part of their working staff. And this is what I'm teaching people. Now, here's my next question. So, was it the church that taught this to you? Or was this a concept that you have developed on your own? You know, a lot of times you say, oh, yeah, I go to this church. And they say, well, I go to that church. And that ends the conversation. Oh, great. I can't stop there anymore. I said, I've been spending a lot of time in the book of Acts. And she said, the Acts of what? I wish Dad had my recorder going. Bruce Bartell says, turn your recorder on. I said, I can't do that. I said, that's the book that follows the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, book of Acts. I said, you know, in the last chapters of those Gospels, Jesus gave instruction to those disciples that they should go to Jerusalem. And in Acts 1 and 2, we find out what happened in Jerusalem. Do you think that was casual talk? You know, hey, look, folks, I'm heading out of here, and I just wanted to stop in and say goodbye. Or do you think that the words spoken in the last part of the Gospels might have been some of the most important words that he would say to them before his departure? I think they were probably pretty important. I said, well, that preempted what took place in the book of Acts 1 and 2 because that's where the church was born. End of ride. Door open. She's got to exit. Last chance. Door closes. I'm heading out of the Safeway parking, and I am calling out her name to the Lord Jesus Christ. That the revelation of God's spirit would come upon her, and when she would go to the book and open it. Because I knew I provoked some things. I'm done with casual. Where were we? Witness. We have the power of witness upon us to be in the field. 
communicating. And God said, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you the words in the time that you need it. Amen. That's us. That's us. Be encouraged. You who have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, be encouraged. The gift of God that is in you, through your communion with Him, will be stirred up, will remain stirred up, and all you got to do is get in the company of the lost. And you'll be surprised what will come into your mouth in that moment and the questions you'll ask. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it every day. He will do it every day. Okay. That's that part. Let's go back to the will of God. Does the will of God change? Trick question. Does the will of God change? Is that a no? You don't want to speak it out. You're just kind of not, you know. Oh, I was just scratching my neck. It's a trick question. Anybody believe her answer? That was a good answer. This is hyperbole. Don't raise your hand. I'll tell you why. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Any version you want. I want to be in the will of God. Does that bear witness with your spirit? Can you say that with me? I want to be in the will of God. I want to follow the will of God. You know, I think it was the will of the Lord, I think, for me to be in New Jersey as a little boy. Now, the only way that could happen was is my mother married a second. Yeah, my married mother. My mother married a second husband who was an Italian from Newark, New Jersey. I was in the second grade. We packed up everything in a Mayflower moving truck and headed across the country. And it was there that I would stay until I was about 16. Then I made a couple trips back and forth and then ended up out here. I visited a Pentecostal church with my grandmother. We went to a Nazarene church with my mother. They didn't believe in receiving the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. My mother had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. And she told me of times when she would feel God's spirit wanting to move. But she would restrain herself. This was back in the 60s. When being divorced put a big mark on you in churches. And she was a divorcee. Okay? So that and then her having the Holy Ghost as a teenager, she kept that all shut down. My grandmother visited one time and said, can we go to a different church tonight? You see, she lived out in White Swan and she had lost a adult son to brain cancer. He was 32 years old. He was a school teacher and he got brain cancer. And he passed 
My grandmother said, I learned later, said when she went home from the funeral, she had been attending the Nazarene church up here on 10th and Mead with the rest of the family. And she knelt by her bedside and began to pray, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost, and she began to speak with other tongues. She left the Nazarene church, went over to some of you, and started attending Assemblies of God Church because they believed in receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, at least back then. So, she says to us in New Jersey, can we go to a different church tonight? And my mom agreed, and so my grandmother, my mother, and myself went to this church in the woods <laughs> somewhere. And when we walked in, everybody was crying. What have I got myself into? And when I sat down, I was in the sixth grade, sat in fifth grade maybe, sat down in the seats. Everybody was crying. There was five or six people standing up near the front. And they had their hands in the air and they were all looking up there. And I kept, what are they looking at? I, that's a wall. I don't see anything up there. They're crying. They got their hands in the air. My grandma starts crying. My mother starts crying. So I start crying. Feeling such conviction. And I don't even know what it is. But I'm doing what everybody else is doing. Wow. What a night that was. Run back to the Nazarene church in Dover, New Jersey. Didn't have any of that there. I believe it was the will of God for me to be there. And have that experience during that time in my life. Now, there would come a time I left New Jersey, came back to Washington. I believe it was the will of God for me to come to Washington. Within a year, I was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and delivered from an alcoholic habit. In one year's time, it was as though the Lord was coordinating my steps, okay? So, I believe it was the will of God to be in New Jersey. I believe it was the will of God to be in Washington. And now, I've lived long enough to experience various things at different times. I've stopped saying, well, this is the will of the Lord. Let's read this. It, uh, verse 1, yeah. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, said unto him, Abraham, he said, Behold, here I am. He said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac. How many boys does Abraham have? He has two, Ishmael and Isaac. But in this reference, God is saying, I'm talking to you about the promised child, Isaac. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, 
whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Because Abraham wants to be in the will of God. Now God has just expressed his will to him. Take your son Isaac. Take him to a place I'm going to show you. Go to the land of Moriah. I will show you a place there. And I want you to offer your son as a sacrifice. Is God playing with Abraham? No, he's expressing his will. He's expressing his will. We want to be in the will of God. Sometimes the will of God will bring suffering in our life because that's a part of the perfecting process. There was a man that I read about in Scripture that had a, an infirmity... And the Lord healed him, but the disciples said, who sinned? Was it he or his parents? That he has this affliction. What did he say? No, it's that my father might be glorified. In other, in other words, this affliction on this person for all these years had nothing to do with the life lived before by his parents or self. You know, the voice of the accuser will always come and tell you reasons why you're going through the things you're going through. Remember the time you did this? <laughs> what about your mom and dad? But Jesus made it clear. This had nothing to do with them. This is done because Jesus, or because the Lord says that my father will be glorified. Okay, so now. Abraham has instructed his son and said, go to the land and I'll show you where we're going to do this. And uh, he clave, brought his son, clave the wood for the burnt offering, rose up, went unto the place which God had told him. Next verse. Then on the third day, this is a journey. I mean, you ever gone on a trip? Sometimes you're pretty excited when you head out the driveway. And things happen along the way. I thought you checked those tires. <laughs> what is that knocking? It's getting worse. <laughs> and sometimes the journey along the way, it's tough. And, and this is three days into it. Now, the third day, Abraham lifts up his eyes and saw the place afar off. It's still a long way off. I don't know how the entire journey was. It doesn't state. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Sacrifice is a worship unto God. And come again to you. Now, we like to think, but I don't know. I think Abraham was... As human as you and I. 
He was not an angel. He was not superman. He was a man. And he was given words. He was given instruction that he believes the Lord told him to do. And as he went about the process to do, there's others involved. He's got two men that have come along with him, and they're not sure. They just know we've got wood, we've got the fire, we're going to worship. And Abraham says, we will return. I don't know if he was pacifying them. I don't know if it, what I don't know. Maybe he's pacifying himself. He knows the instruction that God's gave to him. And he, they depart. Abraham took the word, the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Isaac spake unto Abraham, son to father, and said, my father, he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Now you can, you know, we, you can put him up on a pedestal and you can make him this, uh, you know, he's prophetically seeing that... Uh, how this is all going to play out? Don't kid yourself. He breathes. He bleeds. He gets up in the morning and pulls up his robe. Puts on his shoes. He's a, this is a human being. This man. And they went both together. They came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there because he wanted to do the will of God. He laid the wood in order, and because he wanted to do the will of God, he bound Isaac, his son. I, I, I can't even fathom. I've tried to rope and tie a cap. He bound and tied his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar upon the wood because he wanted to do the will of God. Do you want to do the will of God? Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. He said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know. So, now God knows. Is that what you read? Well, that's where it is penned there for sure. You know, the same one that knew Jeremiah before he was formed in his mother's womb. Do you think God doesn't know 
Abraham's future? Do you think God doesn't know what's in our hearts? Knew what's in his heart? I realize and see what's pinned up there. But what is revealed here is a change of direction. Neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, I, can, I think I can picture him climbing up the mountain. You know, I don't think he was like, I think he was crawling. I think he was doing everything he could to displace time between the bottom of the hill and the top of the hill. Because he knew the instruction that he had been given for the top of the hill. And if he is as human as you and I, it's a struggle to get there. But everything's said and done. He's obeyed the will of God twice. He obeyed the will of God in raising the knife. In making the journey, he obeyed the will of God when he said, don't do it. Don't harm the child. Stop. And now, what's he doing? He's returning back to the two guys at the bottom of the mountain. And this is how I picture him. You know, some things in... Obeying the will of God or agony, suffering, sacrificing, painful, surrendering. Does the will of God change? The purpose of God does not change. Did his will change? Just leaving this out here for you. I'm just leaving this out here for you. Twenty-three years ago, I started making trips to Florida to, to meet a man and his family, Pedro Guzman. For two years, I made trips once a month. I believed I was in the will of God sometimes. There was opposition from things that people would say. What are you doing? You belong over there. Why are you in Florida? Don't you think this is just a big distraction? That's just a few. So there was a lot of opposition from various places about what I continued to do and believe I was in the will of God. But I got to tell you, there were times that I questioned it. And there were times that I began to buy into, uh, that's just a big distraction. Well, somebody prophesied over me. 
God is taking you down to Florida. You're going to become an apostle to the Spanish speaking. Yeah. Well, from what I was experiencing, well, that made sense to me. That sounded all right to me. My wife and I went down and saw the Florida District Board. They gave us approval to have a work there as well as being involved down here, up here and down there. We put our house on the market to sell. We were leaving and going to Florida. We put it on the market and the realtor had an open. He called it a broker's open. That's when he has a bunch of brokers, people as realtors, come in and see the house before it goes, you know, Blast it out onto the market or whatever. He bought fruit. He had stuff all over the tables. You know. He called later and he said, I don't know how to tell you this. We're in a 23-day market. What that means is a house goes on the market in 23 days. It's gone. It's sold. I couldn't get anybody to come. What? He said, yeah, I'm confused by this. I don't know what's going. I said, it's okay. <laughs> Nobody came and looked at it. Hmm. Something not right here. When my wife and I went down to Florida, which I think followed that, or proceeded, I can't remember now. When we walked out of the hotel room where the meeting was, where they were all excited about our involvement and all this, I had all these letters. We walked out the door, and it was as though God took it out of our heart to be there. Now, we knew that feeling because we experienced that when we left Sunnyside. We knew the feeling. And it was like, okay, this is weird. We just spent two and a half hours with this district board convincing them that we should be here. And now it's like God's taken this out of our heart to even be there. So I said to my wife, I'm making one more trip. I'm going to go down to South Florida. I'm going to Miami. I'm not telling Pedro I'm coming. I, I got in a car. I rented a car, drove down into Miami, and in 30 minutes I knew. Now here was my question. Are we here for the people of South Florida, or are we here for one family? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've been doing this for two years. We baptized all their neighbors, some 30 people. Would God really ask of us to do this for a family? And in 30 minutes, I had the answer. Yes, he'd do this for a family. What's he done for you? What has he done in the surroundings of your life that has reached out to him or to, to you with his arm that is short that it cannot save? Reaching. Reaching. Now, okay, this is kind of a dilemma. 
I got a prophecy saying this. I know what our experience has told us. I know now what the, uh, how the, uh, you know, if the district board could have just said, forget about it. That would have made it easy. I got to tell you, there was one question that was asked. So, Brother Schoonover, uh, what if we say no? You got these 30, 35 people. What are you going to do with them? I said, nothing. What do you mean, nothing? Well, it's no longer my problem. It's your problem. It's your authority that's saying no. Now, I prayed a week before I went into the meeting. And the Lord gave me peace because he sent Moses before Pharaoh and said, tell him, let my people go. And then God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Just saying. And I shared that with the gentleman who was a very nice man. But I think it shocked him. I believed it. Now. Wow, what was that all about? Those years spent, the, the, the finances involved, the sacrifice of time and family, what was that all about? Am I confused? Well, that was answered too. A couple of months ago, Brother and Sister Flowers and myself stood before two joined congregations in Italy that were there because Pedro and Maria Guzman went to Italy. And now I was seeing. Now, you go back 10 years and it was still question marks. Oh, I don't know about all that. I, yeah, we got them the gospel. Yeah, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, they were baptized. But boy, what a bunch of suffering and pain through it all. But now looking on the field and seeing what has been produced through the lives of these two, Aquila and Priscilla, these two, the work that has been set in motion, and now they are engaged in Ireland or Northern Ireland. There was a considerable time when I lived with a big question mark about the whole Florida thing until a, a young man came to a meeting that we were hosting and he ministered from these verses. The will of God changes. His purpose does not. It was the will of God for him to go up that mountain, sacrifice his son, it changed, and he said, don't do what I told you to do, and now go down this mountain, which he did. And it was then that he would live under the promises given to him, because he did not withhold anything. Look, you've got your tests, I've got mine. You've got your seasons, I've got mine. I have to answer for me. You have to answer for you. Now, God doesn't want it to be a big secret, and he doesn't play games with us. But I'll tell you what. 
I become a lot less resolute in saying, well, this is the will of God for the rest of my life. Because when I went into Puyallup in 1995, I said, this is the final chapter. I've stopped citing chapters. There's been so much that we've been involved in since that time. I don't dare say to the Lord, I can't do that because you told me to do this. For the last two days, the Lord has reminisced these things with me. And I feel like I am in the will of God sharing them with you that are here. Before you come, become fixed on your life, you know, how it's all going to play out and you're going to do this and, you know, four kids and we're going to have the big house on the hill and, and drive a Datsun pickup. Before you become resolute in what God is going to ask of you, I watched Pedro and Maria take the families that they had assembled around them, a tremendous work there, and turn them over to Brother, Brother Crosley in Hollywood, Florida. Pack up their things. They called it the Godmobile. It was a wreck waiting to happen. And drove 3,000 miles up here to Washington pulling this trailer of sorts waiting on God to tell them what to do next. Now they were here they were here for a couple years in Puyallup. They walked into a Walmart and met a man, a pastor of an Apstock Assembly Church in Sumner. They would come to a place of working with him and really assisting him because he traveled a lot. And then from there, they would, they did a lot of work down in Southern California, then on into, they went to Florida before they departed and went, it, went to Italy. They landed in Italy with $1,000 in their pocket. They stood in a lot of lines. They lived a lot of life that most people would run from. But happy and contented pursuing the will of God. Now, are you in the will of God? It's a good feeling to be able to say, yeah, I believe I'm in the will of God. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm stepping back and saying, well, yeah, I believe now because of the things I've lived through. I believe I am. But let's see. There's an old song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue The angels beckon me 
from heaven's open door. And here's the theme. Because I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I want to become less attached to my attachments. I want to be more given to the calling of God upon my life. For the hours that we are living in, for the treasure he has given to this earthen vessel and the ministry of reconciliation that I now have and possess as a believer, the power that is resident within having received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the supernatural effect and impact upon souls, the eternal part of a man that will not die, but knows when it comes back into contact with its maker. Why don't you stand? I believe that you want to do the will of God. I believe that you want to live your life knowing and walking in his will. We, we pray the prayer, Lord, order my steps, lead my way. And he wants to do that. He respects that prayer. Now, sometimes the path that he chooses... <laughs> Raises question. Raises question. I go back and I treasure the moments when God manifested Himself in my life in some way. Some of them when I was a child, some later on. Many of them involved pain and suffering. It's amazing that those are the ones you remember forever. <laughs> you know, what was the best time in your life? Well, let me think, let me think, let me think. Okay, what was the worst time you Oh, yeah. I zero right in on that one. Did you learn anything? Eternally. I share it with others. I learned so much. I share it with others. greatest motivation in the last oh, the last couple of months is to affirm believers in who they are biblically whether they feel it or not but it is to affirm believers he did choose you you're a chosen genera generation he raised you up he found you where you were Yes, he is your healer. Yes, he believes in you.
He put His Spirit in you. You've been atoned. You've been redeemed. You've been blood-bought. When you went down in the waters of baptism under the pronouncement of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, His blood that He shed, He went to Calvary for you. Yeah, He could see what was ahead. Yeah, he was motivated to go to the cross, not by what you were and not by what you were when he found you, but he looked ahead in time and said, I see what I'm going to make you. I did see you before you were in your mother's womb. Look, God is so grand. He is so great. He's beyond good. (laughs) He's the omnipotent. He's the omniscient. He's the omnipresent. He's all in all. He's king of kings. He's Lord of And he chose you, you significant one. And you said, yes, Lord. Many called. Many called. Well, I just got married. I just bought a piece of land. My car ain't running. Excuse after excuse after excuse. Many are called. But you said yes. You are the chosen of God. And he has great purpose and plan for you. Now you can let the accuser of the brethren do in all the criticisms and telling you everything that you're not. But rest assured, you are the players on the field. He chose you for this hour. He knew you. He knows your frame. He knows you. He's working with you. He'll continue to mold and shape you and lead you and mature you. That's his will for you. That's his will. Go to the back of the book. We win. We win. Live a life. Live a life led of His Spirit. Bearing the Spirit of witness upon you. That whenever you get in the company of the lost. Be there with a sensitivity that His intention is to give you a word that heals a word that leads a word that transmits spirit that will draw no man cometh to God except the spirit draws him how does it get to them is it a whirlwind in the air no it's a believer coming into their presence and opening their mouth and that which they've been communing with just spills out and registers was that that I felt why are you so different indwelling fountain it's an indwelling fountain that leads to everlasting life this is who we are listen 
if it's time for you to repent, I don't want you to do it right now here at this altar. Do it later. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come with a heart of thankfulness and rejoicing to God. Would you do that? You, you understand what I'm saying? This is not a come to the altars and... and no, no, no. I'm telling you who you are. Come with a rejoicing. Come with a thankfulness in your heart. Come with an, an expression of thanks to God. Let's open. Let's open this altar now. Would you come? I believe these words, Lord. I know who I am. I believe who you have said that I am. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Turn! 